I missed all of that info. <laughs> Let's try for the 10 out one more time. <laughs> What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, welcome to another episode of Black Men Don't Do Therapy. I'm your but host, we do. Justin Tucker. <laughs> we do. I'm your host, Justin Tucker. I am Nigel Hunter. Guys, I want to present to you a friend, a brother, a family member, a mover and shaker, monumental force in the Birmingham area. I live in Raleigh. I'm not talking about you. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, we have <laughs> <laughs> My man is a youth developmental professional. He is dedicating his life to advocating for young people, providing resources for their academic, mental, and social needs. My man is a community activist. It takes a village to raise a child, a model that he lives by. He has even started the Words on Wheels buzz. He is bringing the school books right to you, the knowledge right to you in a mobile library. My man is a faith chapel Christian center, student ministry advocate. He is a leader of the small groups. He is an all-around good guy and a powerful black man. Jonathan J.T. Moore. Woo! Oh, man. Listen, <clears throat> y'all, so I have often had spiritual and religious conversations with the both of you guys. And today I want to really make a connection between what does religion and spirituality have to do with our mental health? Mm. I think those are some things that people sometimes keep separate. And we want to kind of expound on what is the link between them. Well, I think before we, you know, get into that, uh, one thing that you and I talked about um, offline, Nigel, is that people first have to understand that there is a difference between spirituality and religion. That's the first thing. So, yeah, there's a connection. You know, we're trying to connect things and everything like that. But I think it's it would be a disservice to our audience members to break that one piece any deeper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we need to make sure that people understand that religion and spirituality, two different things. And the way that I describe it is that religion is tradition. Spirituality is the actual relationship. Mm. So, so we can there. just want to make sure you lay that foundation though. Yeah. I was just going to say, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, because I think a lot of times, you know, uh, <clears throat> especially living in the South, Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, what we know about church is based off religion. Mm-hmm. It's based off yeah. tradition. You yeah. Know? Um, if you never see anybody in church, you definitely going to see them uh, on Easter. Uh, you're going <laughs> to see them, you know, during Christmas time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and New Year's, you know what I'm saying? Right. And you got to stay in you gotta you church. To church. <laughs> to hey, at least, at the very least. And then we headed to the club, you know what I'm right. saying? But that, that's part of that religion. Though you know, yeah, um, but right. the, the spirituality piece is definitely the relationship, and you know, um, really understanding and learning the character of God, and you know, growing uh, into the character of God. So the character of God, hey, I feel like that's a, a very like powerful phrase. The character of God that could actually be a sermon. I'm, yeah. I'm, gonna, start, I'm gonna write that down real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was deep. <laughs> but in talking about 
the character of God. I think that's often missed when, not even when say younger, but our generation talks about religion. I myself mm-hmm. have stepped away from religion, but I very much so believe in God, as both of you guys know about me. Um, so what do you think is the correlation between mental health and religion and the correlation between mental health and spirituality? Because we just said there's a difference, right? So right. how does religion play into that mental health? And then how would spirituality play into it? Now, uh, before, before JT answers, just so that I'm clear, when you say correlation, mm-hmm. like there's an actual connection between the two? I, I honestly feel like, so let me walk you down a little bit of memory, not memory lane, right. but let me, right. give you the, <laughs> <laughs> let me give you the basis for why I say that. Okay. A lot of times I feel like having, having your existence based upon, am I going to go to hell or not by the actions that I do, coupled with all of my friends are telling me I need to be having sex that causes some mental stress. I know it did for me because when I lost my virginity, I was very excited. But at the same time, I was like, oh, got to go repent. Hope you forgive me, even though I'm about to do it again. You know what I mean? And that, that to me, that caused some mental anguish. I don't know how everybody else feels, but like, you know, my Justin, you know, we grew up in church. Bro. Right, right. I mean, like, you know who my grandma is, but she don't right. play by that. She don't play by that. You know what I mean? But I, bring, I said all of that to say, like, that connection with religion, as you say, the tradition of it and the rules of it could very much so, like, have negative mental or positive mental, uh, positive mental outcome. <laughs> positive mental outcome. Basically, outcomes people get in their heads. They, yeah. they, get in their, they get in their own way, which, in my opinion, uh, I promise I'm, I'm gonna let you finish, but I just gotta say this real quick. <laughs> Hate to pull a, a Kanye on you, but um, in my personal opinion, you know that that happens quite often, and that's where there there's certain principles that come into play when you're okay. dealing with religion um, and dealing in the church. And one of the biggest things, and this is what turns people off from going to church, is that thing that we're not supposed to do, which is judging others. He is without sin, cast the first stone. All right. So we we run into that so often and it turns people off. And they turn away and that unfortunately starts dealing with their spiritual side because the religious side impacted them in such a negative way. Now it turns them off spiritually. And instead of saying, all right, you know what, that's your opinion. Um, you know, keep it to yourself, whatever. I know my relationship with God. So therefore I know that he gave me the best and the worst gift. He gave us all that same gift, which is the spirit or the power of free spirit or the power of free. And the reason why I say that's the best and of free will. Okay. And the reason why I say that's the best and the worst gift is because even though I know what I'm doing is wrong, I still have the free will to still do it. By the same token, I also had that same free will to not do it or to simply come to him and say, look, it was wrong. I apologize. And that same free will people use <laughs> to hold over someone else's head, which is where the judgment comes in. 
So I think that when you get in your yeah, yeah, what do you say? No, I was um first of all, this is is a good dialogue, man. Um and it's cool is because it's right on time, man. I think um the conversations that I've been having with a lot of people um recently is about grace, right? Um just really understanding grace. Uh, because it says in Romans two and four that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Absolutely, you know it's Him, you know, loving us in those moments when we probably don't feel like we deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying that gets us to to make that change and go in a different direction and choose Him. Um, and I think because we don't see that, uh, we don't see that as often as we need to in the church. Um, we see more religion. We see more tradition. We see more people, you know, bashing us with rules and, you know, just the they set these standards that a lot of them don't even live up to, which causes people to, to your point, turn away from the spiritual piece um, and, and helping us to grow in our walk with God uh, because we're not experiencing the grace. Um, I talk a lot about, you know, the character of God because I just truly believe like as Christians, it's our responsibility to figure out like what is God's heart on each and every matter um, and how should we approach it in a way that he would, because by doing that, we don't condemn people. Yeah. We don't make them, you know, feel ostracized or like they're out there by themselves or like they're the only ones making a mistake, you know, like we extend that grace to them, which allows them to feel the acceptance and it really uh, eliminates the mental turmoil that a lot of people have. They don't feel like they're the only ones who are messing up, you know, uh, because I felt the same way, bro. Like, you know, uh, going out, having sex and then still knowing like, hey, bro, like I got to go to church and I can't right, talk right. to these people about it because they're going to judge me. When truth be told, nine times out of eight, and I said nine times out of eight on purpose, they was in there having sex too. <laughs> right. And they nobody talking. And so yeah, we all, yeah. you know, just going through in our minds, but it's because, you know, we haven't um, created a culture of grace to people to say, you know what, you messed up, but like, you're not a bad person. You're human. And I think and, that's right. big. And, you know, that's big, not feeling like a bad person. Um, excuse me. Not, that's big, not feeling like a bad person. And I think that's the mental aspect of it, of us beating ourselves up because mm-hmm. of, like you said, the judgment and the not accepted and, and feeling ostracized because of we're mm-hmm. living in sin. Um, right. Both of you guys are Christian. Um, and I used to be a Christian as well. Because of all the research and stuff that I, I did, it made me step away from religion. And that was very hard for my family, for a lot of my friends. Uh, some people were setting up, but some people had already done the same thing and just didn't say anything about it, which mm-hmm. is uh, cool, you know what I mean? But for me, I think one of the biggest problems I had was because Christianity was such a big part of my life, when I stepped away from it, it left the void. You know what I mean? It left a void to to not really have anything to ground myself. And it took a long time for me to understand 
and develop a way of grounding myself and then redeveloping my relationship with God because I feel like I had been lied to. You know what I mean? And th- and that's just my own personal discovery. I don't argue with people about religion because I still go to church. I still read from the Bible. I still sit here and talk about God with you because I understand the concepts behind it. And I see more similarities in the uh, different theologies and the different rules of religion or the different uh, patterns in religion. So I don't, I don't argue about that stuff with people. I look for the patterns and I look for the spirit of people like the way you praise God and I see how genuine that is. Mm-hmm. That's what I respect. That's what I can connect to. You know what I mean? He's connected to the source and that's what I am in search of connecting to. I want it to, I want this to be a message for those people who may be confused about what religion or or what uh, path of enlightenment they're following. Because mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people like, who either, oh, I don't go to church, you know what I mean? And that, that just leaves us lost, you know what I mean? So how important is it to a black man's mental health to have some type of spiritual grounding? Is that a, an open question or are you asking JT that, No, I'm asking <laughs> both of y'all. <laughs> well, how, as, how as a black man, <laughs> as a black man, <laughs> I can tell you that it-, it Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what'd you say, JT? Oh, no, I was saying, because uh, I was going to jump in there, but you got it. Go ahead. Oh, no, as a black man, I think it's very important, man. I think it's very important. I mean, especially, man, I mean, we don't even have to go down the rabbit hole of all that's gone on in 2020. And I'm going to tell you right now, this time last year, everybody was like, oh, 2020, uh, year of insight, year of vision, clear vision, clear vision. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, y'all. And, and I want our listeners to hear this and hear it as clear as possible. You don't hear anything else that we say on this podcast tonight. We got clear vision. We got clear vision with 2020. People, we were able to see clearly who our neighbors were. We were able to see clearly the injustices that have been happening to our people for so long. And now it's in your face. We got the clear vision that we sought we got that clear vision that we were so eager to get in 2019 and prior to 2019, we got it. We just didn't get it the way we wanted it. And that's where that mental stability comes into play. Because the thing is, you have to think about when you go and pray for somebody who's on their deathbed or maybe not even on their deathbed, you pray, God, you know, let your will be done. And then you get a phone call the next day that this person passed away. Well, his will was done. It just wasn't the way you thought it was going to be. And that can mess with your psyche if you don't have that that uh, spiritual foundation or that, you know, that wherewithal to say, you know what, it's okay. That can really get, it can get in your way. It can mess with you. So I think it's very important as a black man to have that foundation, to know that, yeah, I'm going to go out here and, and, and mess up sometimes but I need to have that that solid foundation of walking on and know for a fact that my life isn't on purpose. My life is for a purpose. Good, that's good. I was gonna say, uh, listen, um, ain't no way in the world I could live in America as a black man and not have a relationship with God, bro. Um, we've seen time and time again that you can have all the education in the world, mm-hmm. you can have all the money in the world, you can have the, the fame and the platform, 
and all of these things and still be torn down, yeah. right? Yeah. You torn down, you could be killed, and somebody, somehow, some way, will be able to justify yep. why it was okay to take your life as a black mm-hmm. man, all because of your skin, right? The only defense I have, bro, is the word of God. That's all I got. That that keeps me, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, the very so, great promises that he has in his word um, is what sustains me because that's my anchor. Like, I could put my foundation on what he said. It says in the word that God is not a man that he should lie. He can't lie to me. So when he tells me that he will never leave me nor forsake me, when he tells me that, you know what I'm saying, Jesus Christ came and died for my sins and that his blood serves as a protection for me, you know, that when when I resist the devil, he will flee from me. Like when I stand on those promises and those those, those scriptures, like that's my protection. That's my yeah. shield. And so like, again, like I could have all the money I could have, you know, like I could know the right people and something could still happen to to make me um, to, to justify somebody taking my life. And so, you know, Man, just to I'll- answer the question, Black yeah. man, like that's my only saving grace, bro. Yeah, that's real. That's real. I want to respond to two things. One, what you just said, and one thing to the both of y'all. What you said. I got another question for y'all. Um, when I think about the power of God and how I see it in other religions, it makes me think of: Is it? doing the thing that you purpose to do and that is what gives you the power because you saying like if i resist the devil and he will flee from me if i stand on god's word you know what i mean i have power in that you know what i mean i know there's a lot of brothers of islam or muslim brothers who stand on the quran and I see them growing big because they're standing on what that says. You see what I'm saying? I know people that practice Ifa in Yoruba and they stand on what that is so they feel empowered by that. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are Christian focused, but what is it about believing in something, believing in something outside of yourself and following that that gives you the power to keep moving on. Because I know for a fact, the power that I have to create is not for myself. Or maybe it is, depending on how you look at it. You know what I mean? I know that power, I know I feel like I am drawing power from something outside or something greater than me. You know what I mean? And I'm not solely connected to a single religion. I think that uh, that it's knowing that when you are in and and if you haven't experienced this yet, not speaking to the two of you specifically, but just in general, if you haven't experienced this piece yet, live long enough, you will. But it's that moment when you are in your deepest, darkest hour. And even even if someone is right beside you, you Mm -hmm. still feel all alone. It's that still calm voice that's telling you, hey, I got you. We're going to be all right. Uh Uh-huh. That, you know, that for me, 
um, it's is a saving grace. I mean, it really is. And, hey, and the, I was just talking to big guy about that yesterday, cuz. <laughs> I just had that talk yesterday, bro. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man. And and that's the thing. It's it's that come you okay? Think about a baby crying. All right, that baby's crying, going off. They might be having a horrible nightmare, and then all of a sudden, the mother or the father comes and they gently put their hand on the baby's stomach, on the baby's back, whatever. And all of a sudden, they might fuss just a little bit, but then they calm down. One, because it's a familiar touch, which is... Exactly. It's a familiar touch. And two, it's a soothing presence letting you know, I got you. You're going to be all right. Okay, that's real. That's real. So I want to pose you guys this question. What do you say to the people who see our brothers and sisters being killed and say, we've been praying for the same thing for years. We've been praying for deliverance. We've been praying for freedom. We've been praying for for the white man to get his his foot off our neck and ain't nothing changed yet. How do you have those same talks that, oh, God's word doesn't fail. He says he'll do this, this, and this. And it's like, bro, we've been praying since slavery. We've been praying forever. So, so my my response to that would be, um, God is not in control, and then who, that would probably then who is in control? That, that would that would mess a lot of people up if you say that. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? The general accepted thought is no, God is in control. Mm-hmm. Like God controls everything, but He doesn't. He doesn't. He has given us dominion in this earth. Like it's our responsibility to be the change. It's our responsibility to uh, dominate, right? And so it's it's good for us to pray, but it also says that faith without works is dead. It's dead. So, it is absolutely dead. So you could believe all you want to, right? Mm-hmm. You could pray all you want to, but if you're not putting any action absolutely. to these beliefs, to these prayers, then it's like God works through us. He works through people. Like there are times when we have these moments where we'll have an, a thought or an idea about something we should do. And instead of doing that, we say, no, nah, I ain't, you know, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like you should read, you should study, you know, about different laws or about different uh, ordinances that are in place that, you know, are affecting us as a people. And you're like, man, that's too much reading though. That's- it's like, but that is what is, that's, that's the responsibility that you have though. Yeah, and, and you can't get mad when it doesn't happen. You can't say, "Man, God ain't do no." You didn't like, put in the work. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do the work. Jesus prayed, and He <laughs> said, "You know, uh, Father God, let Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." And you know, if you really think about that, it's like, "Man, Jesus, why did you have to pray for God's will to be done on earth?" Mm. Like, he, he He prayed for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, okay, so wait a minute. I know that God is in heaven, and according to what I know, you know, everything is perfect in heaven mm-hmm. because God is in control of heaven. But who's in control of earth? It's like, so so God, oh, oh that's that's my responsibility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm supposed to do that. And so I think a lot of times, you know, people, people don't want to take responsibility for the for the role that they're supposed to play. Like wow. it's us. Like we have to do the work, right. and we have to be willing to submit 
to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us, when he when he leads us uh, to do different things, you know. Um, and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going I'm to stop right there. <laughs> I'm going to so drop this mic real quick and let y'all have the rest of it. <laughs> honestly speaking, I, I totally agree with you. I totally That's agree real. with you. But I, I also feel like, and I, I've been saying that, you know, this new generation, which makes me sound super old, but I got that Benjamin Buttons, though. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh father <laughs> but but i've always said that you know this generation is an instant gratification gen- generation they you know pour a little water in it mix it up all right boom i got it i don't want to have to work for anything but the reality is that particular uh mentality has existed long before this generation there are people who, who see others, and for some people, it does seem like it's, it's easy, overnight, automatic. We don't see the grind. We don't see the behind-the-scenes stuff. No. So I say all that to say, like, when people are saying that I've been praying for this for so long, I've been doing this for so long, I've been doing that for so long, and I'm not seeing any results. Something that I said about, godly, how long has it been, 12 years ago now, was that sometimes we give too much credit we we say that God has done something that really the enemy has done and we want to blame God for it. And it's like the enemy came in and it appeared as God. It appeared as if it was something that was going to help you out spiritually, but it ended up being all for not, you know? So it's yeah. the whole being patience thing, <clears throat> being patient thing. But um, also remembering that, you know, God has not put more on you than you can bear. Mm. You know, and and really a lot of people... It doesn't always feel like that, bro. Like No, and I know, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I told one of my cousins years ago that before you were formed in your mother's womb, God had a blueprint for your life. The only thing is there, there are three copies of this blueprint. All right? God has one, the enemy has one, and the, you have one. Now, you might mess around and try to go one way, and then the enemy puts a roadblock there. And then God says, ooh, wait a minute, nope. And matter of fact, since we're in the digital age, I guess it kind of makes more sense where you got the Google Docs docs now, and okay, I'm going to make this edit. Oh, nope, I'm going to delete that and make this edit. When it doesn't seem that way, there's still a way for you to get out of that situation. And and you're a lot stronger than you realize, and that also has to deal with mental health. All of that sounds good. Until you're in the middle of depression, bro. None of that, no, and, none and of that speak, works when you're, but you're depressed, speak, bro. But you're speaking to some. Actually, it does. You're speaking to someone who suffers from seasonal depression. Okay. And so the reason why I say it does work is because I have to constantly remind myself when I'm going through those moments, I have mm. to remind myself, okay, I'm here for a bigger purpose. In my life was not a mistake. Even going as far back as my great-grandparents meeting. It all led up to this exact moment right now, but I'm feeling this way right now. And I believe that in the church, whether you're religious or just spiritual or both, mental health is something that has to be talked about. It is not something that we should make anybody feel ashamed of. Right. I, I, I still feel like, especially in, in our, like, like JT said, our Southern churches, like, that is something that people feel like we can pray away. 
Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, take depression, men mental, depression. mental, mental anguish. You yeah. know what I mean? Mental health problems. I don't. I don't feel like those are being discussed in churches. That those are still things that we can pray away. Addictions, still things that we can pray away. And when it doesn't work, and when people stray away, oh, he's lost. Or you know what I mean? I don't know what happened. I'm just gonna keep praying for him. Like, no, check that boy into a hospital. But even with the, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep praying for him. Now we all know (laughs) that you tell someone your problems. And their response, I, I'm going to pray for you. All right. You ain't praying. Nine like, times out of ten. You know what I mean? <laughs> when they walk away. Nah, that's just like somebody saying, bless his heart. You say he's ugly. That's right. what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, like people don't want to get into the thick of things and, like, really community with folks, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Make me comfortable, please. Right. I, I, go, I go back to it, you know what I'm saying, because it's all I know. But, like, when you look at Jesus... Like we know who he was. We know right. that he was all powerful. He was, you know, he was God, the word made flesh, you know, all this stuff. But even he, you know, chose 12 people to kick it with him to, mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, do this ministry with. And right. three of those people were like close confidants, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he had one super close friend that he shared everything with, right? Yeah. And so even in that, there's an example that that we should have somebody that we are constantly talking to, you know what I'm saying? That we can bounce these things off of and that is willing to share these burdens with us. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a completely safe space, like an emotionally safe space for us to be able to share all the things that are, are plaguing us in our minds. Because I mean, I deal with anxiety myself, you know, and I have folks that I can talk to in those moments when I'm feeling weak. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it doesn't make me any less of a man. It doesn't make me any less uh, impactful in my community. But everybody has moments. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's important for uh, the church to really um, to 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 make it their business uh, of connecting folks and you know really encouraging people. Like, look, you need to create communities. Um, amongst you, like small groups, right. like that's important. You know what I'm saying? Very like having important. small groups, having small groups that you're connected to, so you get that rejuvenation, and you can, you know, share those things uh, with people that you feel comfortable with. Even small, even something like uh, when when someone you know loses a spouse. One thing that I've noticed is that, are not even a spouse, you lose someone in your family. Period. Uh-huh. The, the people from the church will come from, let's say they died on a, a Saturday. They will mm-hmm. come every day up uh-huh. until the day of the funeral. And then people start slowly dropping off. And speaking from experience, it's like, you know what? Once that casket has hit that six foot, six foot mark and it's gone over and the dirt's on top of it, that's when I really need y'all to come by. That's when I really need y'all to come and see about me. I don't need you to bring me food after the person has passed away, but we stop. And it's like, that's where the religion piece comes in, the tradition rather, comes in, because that's what people do. I'm gonna come see you up until, you know, the the final rites are given at the graveside, and then we drop the casket, and then, oh, all right, get over it. You, You shed a tear or two, get over it. No. So those groups like that, and you see it on people's faces. If you really read people, 
how desperate they are for help, but nobody's talking about it. And Nigel, I told, I shared with you one time, and I may have shared it on the podcast about trying to be open and honest with somebody I was dating back in college and told her about me, you know, suffering from seasonal depression. And her response was, some people just really want to be sick. And it's like, I'm, this is a cry for help right here. Mm-hmm. Don't shut me down when I'm trying to come to you. And now, now that you have shut me down and shut me out, well, now I can't talk to you about anything. Right. Now, now I have to protect myself. We got to get yeah. away from that. I was going to, I wanted to speak to that too. Um, because I do think it's important, you know, for, for us, if, if we're not the person who is going through, then we need to be sensitive to those folks uh, who are and, and do our best to support them during that time. Um, however, I also believe that it's important for people to know how to find um, find their foundation in the word themselves as well, because the reality of the situation is it's a high likely chance that people won't check in with you. Yeah. But yeah. you still have to be able to, to find a place um, of, of peace and be able to, to make it through. Um, and it's possible. Like I, I know going to Faith Chapel Christian Center, man, like I have seen people be so sure about their faith. Um, and it's not saying that they didn't feel the emotions. It's not saying that they didn't, you know, uh, have a hard time with losing a loved one because I mean, the reality of it is if you lose a wife or somebody close like that, but like that junk is going to impact you. Yeah. You now have to come to a house that is now empty, mm-hmm. you know, laying a bed that's, that's, that's now empty. I hate rolling and feeling all that space in the bed. Like, I need to, you know, <laughs> just kick my leg over there and just know, hey, all right, you still here? Cool. Like, and so it's a difference. But I have seen people lose loved ones, and they would not allow their minds to go to the place of depression. Uh, at least in that moment, they would uh, solidify themselves in the Word of God and constantly confess promises that, you know, um, that, that God has made available to us. And I think, you know, people sleep on the fact that, like, if we meditate on these promises and we allow ourselves to, to be submitted to them, um, they can minister peace to us. Mm. Man, you they know what? Minister- I, I, I'm, I'm tracking you, but what's crazy is right before you said that, I just wrote down what is the correlation between prayer and meditation? Is there a difference okay. in that? Like, is, is there? Go ahead, go ahead. Speak on it. So, so prayer, right? Prayer is, uh, in my opinion, making a formal declaration to God. And it, it's, it's many forms of prayer, right? So when we pray, we can worship God. Mm-hmm. We can praise God. We can tell him how amazing he is. It's, a, it's an opportunity for us to magnify him. Um, and when we're magnifying God, we're minimizing whatever problem or issue it is that we have. You know, when we're telling God, God, you're so amazing. Thank you for being my provider, you know, and we're telling him, you know, thank you for being uh, uh, the, the, the one who supplies all of my needs according to your riches and glory. That's us magnifying him in, in his uh, uh, ability to provide for us. But then it's also minimizing the, uh, the lack that we may see in our lives. Right. 
So, so we're doing that through prayer, but when we're meditating, when we're taking a scripture and we, we meditate, you know, the scripture, um, I don't know, um, uh, resist the devil and he will flee. We're literally breaking that scripture down in our minds. We're rolling it over in our minds, looking at it from every single angle and thinking about like, God, what are you saying with that? Like if I, if I resist the devil, he will flee. It's us, you know, defining words. Like, what does resist mean? I need to look up resist because in my mind, I know what resist means, but I want to, you know, have a full understanding of what this word means. Um, okay, so resist to, to you know, um, to push away or whatever the case may be. Um, well, how do I do that? How do I resist? Uh, well, shoot, I do know that, you know, if I'm, if I'm obeying you, then I got to be resisting him. Like, if you're telling me to, you know, uh, to flee fornication, you know what I'm saying, and and I don't need to be having you know premarital sex and all this other kind of craziness, then that could be a form of resisting temptations. So that that has to be resisting them, okay? And so by doing that, though, we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to teach us. There have been several times when you know I've been rolling over different scriptures in my mind, and I'm thinking about you know what this could mean, but then the Holy Spirit will reveal, or I will have a rhema word right? Or a revelation of what God is trying to tell me through this scripture. And that's when the real power of God starts to work through you. You know, that's when you really start to see the change because in the word he says, uh, Jesus said that uh, if you hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? But the only way you'll be able to do that is if you're constantly practicing the word and you're constantly meditating on the word so that you can know or experience the truth. Man, that's, that is powerful. And, and, and what, I, what I'm hearing you say to translate people who are like, no, I'm not, I'm not listening to no Bible talk. Because <laughs> I, I know I got listeners that do that. I know for a fact I do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So what I'm hearing you say is like, the principles, the mm-hmm. words, the affirmations that we hold mm-hmm. and have to keep telling ourselves. If you're not rolling that thing around, if you ain't needing it, if you ain't pressing it and combing through it on a daily basis, that's when you can get lost up, lost and swept away in the normal routines of life. That was so powerful for, for you to say that because when I, when I meditate on scripture or when I, or when I meditate on something that I read or when I meditate on something that I hear, that is a different type of meditation for me than it is clear my mind and just be with self. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a different mm-hmm. type of meditation. The type of meditation that you, you're speaking of is like turning it over and over and over. So you don't just hear it. You didn't just listen to it. You that was the issue. Now, 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 now you up, you up through there. You feel what I'm saying? Right. You got to get up through there. So that you, type you, of you went from listening to hearing, which to is two different things, and people don't realize that yeah. either. When, when you get to, when you get to knowing it, you know what exactly. I mean, and, and 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 it's feeding you. That's the right. gap that I think people are missing. That's the gap that can sustain our our mental health. You know, that that can sustain the practices that we need to to make it through the day, bro. You meditating on that word 
to put forward the changes that you prayed for, that you asked for. That's the that's the work, you know what I mean, that comes along with the faith. You know what I mean? I that, think I think that, that's heavy. Bro, that's it. That is it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love the fact that you said that that's the work because, you know, like, um, I think in Hebrews, it always talks about, you know, uh, labor to enter into the rest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think like, oh, I got to, you know, go out here and just talk to as many people and do this, that, and third. It's like, no, the real labor, it's, it's work to get mm-hmm. this word in your heart, bro. Yeah. Like, for it to become first response, right? You know what I'm saying? For yeah. that to be the, the first reaction, you know, a lot of times, you know, people look, get in some, uh, 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 what is it? Be riding on the highway, somebody cut you off. And, you know, first thing, <laughs> listen, all right, you hear me? You know what I'm saying? Hey, first thing yeah. you want to say, like, hey, mother, you know what I'm saying? You know? Right. Um, but that's because that's what's in your heart. Yeah. That's what's in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Man, I like, used to have this member of my church. I used to have this member of my church. He would be cussing as soon as he got out the front door of the church, bro. As soon as he got out the front door, like on the way to his car. Get your mother look <laughs> on the and way. And it don't, it don't make them bad. You know what I'm it saying? Look, you, you have practiced this enough, bro. Major right. key. Major key. It doesn't right. make him bad. Yeah, it know. doesn't make him bad. Yeah, now, as, far, as far as the road rage is concerned, because I used to have a pretty significant problem with it myself until one one morning I was on my way to work and that was my first thought was this you know, <laughs> you know I wanted to say some things and I started realizing like I'm I'm stuck in traffic and I'm looking around my car I'm the only person in my car <laughs> if someone were driving by it's almost like that theory of if you're arguing with a fool and someone's across the street, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. Well, if someone's driving by, they're going to be like, dang, that dude is crazy. You see this guy? <laughs> and so that kind of helped me hone in my road rage. Like, uh, bro, you by yourself. Calm down. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. Did they hit you? No, they didn't. All right. Road and then I think, too, you know, we got to figure out, like, you know, in those moments, like, why are we? Well, first of all, we got to take inventory of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when we catch yeah. ourselves in those moments, like we need to stop and be like, yo, why am I so mad? Like, exactly. what is it that really bothered me? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, that much to, to be going on. It may not have even been that. It may have been that, you know, you, you, your wife ate the last bit of the cereal and you have been dreaming about that cereal all night and and you didn't. Right. Exactly. It said, Listen, I know that story <laughs> well. I <laughs> know. <laughs> No, he's gonna put the car back in here. Put a swallow in the container, but but you know, but it's situations like that, and then it rolls over, yeah, because you don't want to deal with it. Because now I'm thinking about, okay, well, is it really that serious for me to talk to my wife? We're right across the street from a grocery store. I'll just go over there. Well, guess what? Look, if you don't tell her, babe, please tell me if we out of this. Don't just leave it and let it sit there. Tell me about it so we can move on. So then we don't have to have this conversation. And then you'll have a happy ride on your way into work. Man, see, and that that brings up, (laughs) that brings up, like, for me, the importance of routines. You know what I mean? Like, especially routines for your own, for your mental, spiritual, and physical health. When I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is drink a glass of water then mm-hmm. I uh, I have to meditate for a little bit because I have to set my day off right. I gotta I gotta talk to God for a little bit so I can set my day off right. If the first thing I do is 
wake up, check Facebook and Instagram and see Donald Trump has decided he ain't leaving no more. And now we got a civil war in our hands. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, it's going to set the tone for the rest of my day. You know what I mean? He right. shall not be named. That's yeah. what should have said. But anyway. President Voldemort. <laughs> but, <right. laughs> but that's funny. But yeah. Uh, Orange Fusion looking behind. Anyway. Right. But yeah. But, but you right. I think meditation, prayer, spirituality has to become a part of that routine. But here's you know the thing. I mean? Here's the thing. Again, getting back to 2020, being clear vision. I don't know. Well, Nigel, I know you don't wear glasses, but uh, JT, do you wear glasses or contacts? Okay. Well, let, let me tell you, <laughs> I wear both. All right. So I, I wear contacts, but the first time it had been years since I got um, glasses, right? Mm-hmm. I've been wearing the same pair for years. All right. And I finally went to the eye doctor. They said, all right, well, your prescription has changed. You know, we need to get you some new glasses, yada, yada, yada. I said, okay, cool. Three weeks later, they called me, let me know they were ready. I put them on, y'all. When I tell you, everything was clear and and it got me off balance a little bit at the same time. Wow. That's what we're experiencing right now because it's breaking people's tradition of going through. You have no choice. When people were quarantined, you had no choice but to sit there and be open and honest and deal with self. You know, all these things that you that people were sweeping under the rug for years, you know, you could sweep but so much under the rug before you start tripping over that pile that you created. You're quarantined with people. People realize that <laughs> I thought I loved this person. I thought I knew this person. But I'm stuck in the house with them all day, every day. And I can't stand them. I can't stand them. I don't know them at all. Like, as soon as the courthouse opens, I'm signing some papers. I got to go. Like, I thought my children were, you know how many teachers are probably getting flowers and candies and cakes and stuff like that made and brought to their classrooms? Parents coming in on knees. Please take them back. 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 And they realized, like, yo, little, little Johnny, little Susie, like, when you would call me and tell me my child was acting a fool, I didn't believe you. They were in the house with me for two months. And I believe every word, every breath the teacher took now. I believe it because I've seen it for myself. Yes. This was a year of awakening. It was a year of clear vision. I think and those, it, those it's a year to be honest blessed, with your mental well-being. Those of us that were blessed enough to not have to uh, struggle as much as some other people had to do during these times. Yeah. We're really able to take advantage of that introspection. You know, yeah. what I mean? we were really able to take advantage of that still time. Yeah. Everybody Absolutely. wasn't afforded that. That no, they weren't. You know what I mean? They weren't. I I feel sad for them. Like I wish, I wish everybody could experience a little bit of the peace that I found because of that forced mm-hmm. alone time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in in lieu of having that alone time, what do you think are the best ways, using spirituality or not, to find that introspection? Because in the middle of the hustle and bustle that we're getting back to, we don't want to lose the gains that we've made. You know what I mean? We don't want to lose 
that bit of peace and sanity and knowing ourselves better that we gained because stuff gonna get back kicking. Like, bro, yeah. I just moved back to oh, Atlanta. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot faster than yeah. I remember when I left. Maybe because I got more stuff to do now. I got more right. people to meet now. It's yeah, a lot faster. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. But right. I am trying to find ways to continue that like spiritual awakening I was on when I had all that time when I was out hiking in the mountains and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do that in Atlanta, bro. I'm going to go to Water Creek. That's all I got, G. Here's the thing. What we have to learn to do when everything does open up back, back up fully for all states and everything like that, we have to remember to make the time to take the time. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that. When things are going on a smooth arrow, and that's it knocked a lot of people off their kilter. We have mm-hmm. to make the time to take the time for self-check. You take your car that, to the what shop. What does that mean, make the time, take the time? I don't, I don't, I don't I'm about to give an example. About okay. to give an example. You have an oil change, dude, right? <laughs> your car is driving a little funny. All right, tomorrow I'm going to go take my car and get it serviced. Regardless of what else was on your schedule on Monday for Friday, you have now set out, even if it's just 30 minutes of time, to go to a car, you know, a shop, a garage or whatever, and get your oil changed. Even if you do it yourself, you made the time to take the time to take care of your vehicle. You make the time to take the time to pay your bills. Otherwise, you're sitting there in the dark like, I don't know what happened. Why is it so cold in here? Well, because you took the time to pick up your phone and say, all right, well, this bill is due. Let me go ahead and pay that. Let me go ahead and pay this. Let me go ahead and pay that. All right, now let me get back to everything else. So that's what I mean by I I think it's so hard for people to to take care of themselves, though. Like It is. Especially especially like when you're a provider or or a single mother or something, bro. You are literally doing everything for everyone else. But I think, I think Justin made a very good point, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, making the time to take the time is, is really setting boundaries. Mm, like, yeah. you, have to, you have to set boundaries. Um, and you have to set priorities. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Some, you have to make sure that you know what first things need to be first mm-hmm. and what second things need to be second. Because by doing things in order, then you always make sure that the most important things are getting done. Right. Um, but then also... I wanted to go back to to what you were saying about, you know, being able to hike in the mountains and just have all these, you know, peaceful moments. You have to be okay with the fact that it may not look like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that making time to take time for yourself may not look like you going to the mountains and right. walking and, you know, like playing with butterflies and stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it may look like, you know what I'm saying, like you gotta wake up earlier. Um when everything is is like real chill yeah. and you know like go ahead and knock different stuff out in the living room you know what i'm saying yeah. you might have to work out at home instead yeah. of you know going to the gym or whatever like that's one of the things that i'm i'm learning um you know even with you know having a wife and two kids like i remember as a single man like bro i could i could do whatever i wanted to do whenever i wanted to right, do it right. I all the time in the world mm-hmm. if i wanted to work out in the morning or if I wanted to work out at night, I could do that. If I wanted to pray for four hours or, you know what I'm saying, sit and watch TV for four hours, like, I could do that. But now I have to be a lot more strategic and selective with my time. And so for me, working out and praying happens in the morning because that's when everybody sleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I don't do it then, like, bro, it's, it's hard to get that time in. 
And so we have to be, you know, very strategic in, you know, setting boundaries, setting priorities, and then making sure that, you know, um, we, we are strategic with our time. You got to find, you got to find, you know, they talk about work-life balance. You got to mm-hmm. find a self-life balance as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing that we don't do. We got to find that, that balance of, all right, I need to take care of myself. For instance, one of my favorite times during the week and has been since I was a little boy, early Saturday mornings. I've, it, without failure, since I was a little boy, I have woken up like 6.30 in the morning on Saturday. I might not do anything, but I'm going right. to sit there, I'm going to chill, I'm going to relax. Yeah. That's my time. That and yeah. and after church naps. Those two right there are oh. something that I yeah. <laughs> on Sunday after lunch. church. Oh. Them, them don't bother. Don't call me. Like don't 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 do it. And if you do, whatever you get on the other end, look. Hey, I warned you. Yeah. <laughs> you did this to yourself. But yeah. it's that that self life balance too. So so both of you guys are uh, married men. You know what I mean. JT with with family. And I want to bring up one more point before I gotta let before I gotta let JT go. Uh, no, nah, we still got some minutes. We're okay, cool, 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 cool. Let go. Uh, <laughs> when you talk about being equally yoked mm-hmm. with your partner, how is it? How important is your spiritual walk and your mental health? when it comes to being the head of a household. Let me give you a little more before you answer that question. All right. We readily know about the stresses of being uh, of single mothers. You know what I mean? Like their story is told a lot more than the man's story. You know what I mean? That's that's just how, that's just how our culture is. Like we know more about the maternal side. Being a man who is involved in his family is not as rare as people say it is, but you know it still feels like it's rare. It's, it's not as rare as people say it is, I, and I have two witnesses right here in front of me. You feel what I'm saying? So the mental aspect that comes with being the head of the household, being a provider, being you know what I mean, or the head and being turned around by the neck that is your wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, also being equally yoked because you also have to be a spiritual leader as well. Um, how does that play into your role as a father, as a husband, as a leader in your household? Mm-hmm. Did, did, so, I, did I say that clear enough? No, nah, I, I I feel like I follow where you're going. Or okay. What you're yeah. um, <laughs> Picking up what and I'm if I down. don't, you know what I'm saying? Just give yeah. it back on track. Um, right. <laughs> dab at it. Uh, no, nah, so um, it plays it plays a very very big role. Uh, spirituality plays a very pivotal role for me because, like I said, like everything that I do uh, should be in alignment with what my belief about, you know, the word of God is, right? Um, and so um, I know for me, like making sure that I understand that it's my role and responsibility to to provide um, a safe home, provide lights, 
provide food and all those things um, for my family, that that is based off of the provision that I know God is going to provide for me, right? Um, it says in the word that, you know what I'm saying, uh, and I'm sorry to all the listeners who, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't apologize for your truth, man. Hey, listen, I mean, no, nah, but I, I just, because this is what it is, you know what I'm saying? It says that I can trust and rely on the love that God has for me. Like, I can trust and rely on the love that he has for me, right? And so um, that means a lot more to me now that I'm a father because I see my children and um, there's nothing that I wouldn't do to provide for them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even the stuff that they don't know that they need, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of them, you know, without them even asking because I know that they need it. And that's the same way that I approach God. Like when we first got married, like there were several things that I didn't know about how to be a husband or how to provide. Like that was the biggest fear that I had um, going into marriage. Like I was just like, God, like I'm responsible for her. Like I got to yeah. feed her and you know, she liked to shop, bro. Like what am I going to do about that? I'm broke. Like, you know. Help but me. look at my pockets. Listen, they was dead out here, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it was so crazy, man. $600 a month, $600 a month. That's all I was making. But God provided us with a house. You know what I'm saying? Like his favor was on our life, bro. Like we, we got us a house, uh, for $13,000 and the first nine months was rent free. And once rent did kick in, it was only two fifty a month. Like God, that was not me. That wasn't nothing that I did. Oh, like that's all God, bro. Like. And it was moments like that where I was just, I was trusting them. I was just like, all right, God, this is the issue. This is the problem I have. Like, help me with it. Like, and each step of the way, he would meet me, right? And so that allowed me, that that provision that he he gave to, to me allowed me to trickle that down to my wife and to lead her and to lead, you know, what now is our family. You know what I'm saying? Dang, like, now we is. have multiple properties. Now we, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know. Talk, talk. And so, man, you better tell him. You better tell him, boy. <laughs> Multiple yeah, but, properties. I mean, you know what I'm saying. But, that, I, but it's, you know, yeah, I mean, it's nothing. Yeah, you know, whatever. A couple, I, couple I, fifteen I, houses, whatever. You know. I, I, no, but that, that's real though. That's that's so for me. Spirituality, like, is the foundation. Yeah. Foundational thing. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, I once think, you have that in the yeah. order, you good to go. Beautiful, beautiful. That's exactly what I was looking for, man. I think it is so important for people to have something to ground themselves in. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Keep Israelites, uh, uh, what, whatever, whatever it is that you follow. If you do not have something to ground yourself in, and you are just flying by the seat of your pants through this thing called life, or without any type of like direction. Or if you're not taking no advice right. from the OGs, anybody, something, something, bro. If you just if you just out here living, trying to discover it all for yourself, bro, you working backwards. You yeah. working backwards. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's very. Hold on one second. I think yeah, go it's ahead, very go ahead. and very important for for what you said, like that that spirituality being your base, and then that grace trickles down to your family because you have it in order. You know what I mean? Like you can't, a lot of people say you can't help others unless you help yourself. Like if you not grounded, you can't be a grounding force. You can't be a provider. You can't be a, a, a steady 
anchor for your family if you're not grounded yourself. I think that was monumental, bro, to say I'd have to get my spirituality and my mental health in order to be able to let it trickle down to the rest of my family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, (laughs) that relieves me of the stress of trying to worry about you know, uh, or the mental turmoil of worrying about like, man, where is my next meal going to come from? Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to, you know, pay the bills and keep the lights on, you know? Um, and so it, it just, like I said, it was, it was, it's principle living. If, if I can encourage, I mean, and I think, you know, that's what, what you all want to, to encourage people to do through, even through this podcast, you know, just being able to, uh, be pr- principle driven, um, because that is what keeps you grounded in whatever you you believe in, um, just being principle driven. So, I totally agree. Totally agree. And and the thing is, our wives are our helpmates as well. Absolutely. There's gonna come a time uh, where exactly there's, <laughs> there's gonna come a time where you don't have because you may not have grown up with it. And I'm not saying that this is the case for myself or JT, yeah. but you may not have grown up with that husband, wife, you know, head of the household, neck, that partnership. You may not have grown up with that. So you really are learning what it's about. And so sometimes you really need that helpmate to come along and say, all right, not necessarily be nasty about it, which fortunately my wife is not. But if there are things that I'm slipping on, help balance me out, help, help me bring it up. I'm going to fix it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. But because I didn't see it firsthand, it's not going to come as natural to me. I'm going to do the best I can because first of all, first and foremost, the long and short of it is adulting is hard, which again, Nigel and I have talked about before. So you couple that with now I'm the head of this household. And like you said, I, I have to, I have to take care of you. And it's not a have to, but that's my role. That's who I am. I have to, we have to do this together, but there's hierarchy or, or not hierarchy, but there's, there's levels to this, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like, dang, that plus I have to adult and I have to deal with people at my job or I have to deal with finding a new job. I have to do, man, if, you, if you're not spiritually grounded or if you don't have those, those principles there in your background, you're just really creating a space for yourself to make life a little harder. Mm-hmm. Justin, let me ask you, because you brought up something, like you said, fortunately my wife doesn't do it in a mean way or doesn't. She helps me out and without, you know I mean, talking down to you. Or right, right, right. How much of your wife's spiritual grounding, would you attribute that to? Because we talked about being oh, equally would, yoked. Eric. Yeah, no. I would, I, and that's, that was something else I was going to say. The, th- the blessings that you get when you're married are not always due to the fact of your favor. Mm. They're not always due to the fact of your favor. They're also not always attributed to the fact of the favor of your marriage. If you've married someone who was born into favor and you have favor yourself, sometimes their favor outweighs yours in certain situations and it benefits both parties. Mm. 
but if you're with someone who was born into that and they they knew that coming up they you know believe these principles wholeheartedly growing up they're not going to do it in a mean way they're not going to hold these things over your head they really do believe and i know for a fact that my wife believes this what's yours is mine and what's mine is yours and what's ours is ours we share this thing together so what favor she gets what blessings she gets they're our blessings what blessings i get they're our blessings and then we get blessings together so i do i attribute a lot of it to the fact that that one you know in my personal opinion i I think my wife hung the moon i do but i really believe that she was born that way she was she you know a lot of that has to do with her upbringing and that's just who she is as a person what about you jt because i know your wife like the back of my hand. <laughs> I know how she came up with it. Thug in. Shot him a thug in. <laughs> I mean, he fall, brother. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. It's crazy, man. Like, um, it, it's so cool because me and my wife, we were able to grow up together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we met in college. She's 17. I'm 18. We still, that's, we, we started learning about life together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I found... I found God because of her, actually. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I left Tuskegee, went to West Alabama. Um, she was calling me, blowing me up, and I never answered the phone. Um, and, you know, it was one night. I just got drunk, and I was like, man, God, like, my life is in shambles. Like, if you help me get this or, or, or better yet, I was drunk, and I called her at 3 o'clock in the morning, and she was like, you crazy. You need to get off my phone and find God. Cause I've been calling you, I don't know how many months, and you know, like you need to get yourself together. Something wrong with you. Go find Jesus. And she was saying it just to get me off the phone. She was, you know, <laughs> playing. I took that junk serious, you know, in my drunk brain, and I started yeah. talking to God, like, yo, like I want this girl, and uh, if you help me get her, then you know I know that you're real. I give you my life, and you know, like I know that you're real, and I serve you forever, but. Like, if not, like, I know that you fake. Like, I'm going to try to find you. But, you know what I'm saying? If I can't find you, I'm going to know that you fake. And I'm going to know all them church folks, you know, uh, uh, down there at them churches, they fake too. Everybody lying. And lo and behold, like, I ended up finding him and uh, was almost to the point where I was like, look, man, I think we need to take a break because I'm really trying to get myself together. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, I brought her along with me, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bought her her first Bible. Like, we started praying together. We started growing in the things of God together. And so um, I think that God blesses order, right? Yeah. You know, uh, because you talk about being equally yoked. Um, the reason we were equally yoked was, number one, because, you know, like I said, we grew up together. But then um, she also had the same beliefs that I did, even though she may not have felt it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is... You know, she knows like, hey, JT has a relationship with God. And even though he's moving me from Atlanta to Birmingham and I don't want to do that junk, like I'm going to submit to it and I'm going to flow with it, you know. And I think God can bless that because in his eyes, that's order. In his eyes, I put a favor on that. You know what I'm saying? Because at this point, it's not you trusting in your husband. Like, you're trusting in me because that's the only reason you made the decision. You decided to submit to him because you believe that I exist and you know that I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so 
yeah, like. Yeah, hey, hey, JT, I, two things. First thing, uh, I remember Alicia telling me about you not answering the phone and going ghost for a while. It was a lot more cussing involved. <laughs> I gave y'all the condensed version. <laughs> the, the rated G version. Yeah, yeah man. But I also <laughs> Yeah, man. But I also saying that, but I also remember being at y'all wedding, you know what I mean? And being able to feel, and being able to feel God there. You know what I mean? Uh Bruh, give me one second. I also remember to be, being at your wedding and being able to feel God there. You know what I mean? And yeah. that is one of the things that I value the most about my friendship and and and, and I love it. And being around your family is that like, no matter what religion people are, God feels the same to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like that presence and sitting and talking with y'all it's the same presence I feel with my grandma. You know what I mean? It's the same presence I feel yeah. when I went and talked to my old head. You know what I mean? Like that knowledge of the Supreme Being is there. You know what I mean? And it's not just something you hear about, it's something that you can feel. You know what I mean? Especially, especially saying like, bro, I know, bro, like, look, we was in college together, bro. You know what I mean? I know you, you know? Oh, oh, <laughs> I yeah. know you. Smooth, baby. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying, bro. Like, I, I, I've seen the changes. Like, I've, I've yeah. seen every step of the development yeah. from you and your wife. Same thing with bro, I, me and Justin got diaper pictures together. You know what I mean? So I've seen. Literally, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, I've seen the development of how it moved around. Like, you know what I mean? Justin being a, a member on his church board. Like, I've seen the development, you know what I mean? Of how spirituality has moved and changed and has grown and evolved in all of our lives. And it's a beautiful thing, bro. And that's why I'm so happy to have had you on this show because it brings to the point that all of our development is ongoing. It is ongoing. The spiritual work that we're doing is ongoing. The mental work that we're doing is ongoing. And if you stick after it, if you are faithful to it, if you meditate on it, if you chew on that thing every day, the results will be there. They may not show up when you're asking for them right on time. Like, God, I want a million dollars. I'm not getting a meal tomorrow. But maybe <laughs> a couple more podcast episodes later, you know what I mean? You'll have <laughs> right. that meal. You see what I'm saying? Hey, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's the beauty. If we're faithful in it, you know what I mean? We're if faithful, we meditate right. on it. If we do, if we do. Because I was about to first, say, if you got to be yeah, faithful. To say, faith, faith without works God is bad. God does not bless good ideas. Yeah, he blesses exactly. effort. Yeah. He blesses effort. Exactly. Like, he'll give you good ideas all the time, but unless you put some feet to them, bro. Like, yes. If, and the part of putting feet to him is trusting. Yeah, man. Got to trust. And you, uh, you and your drunken, you and your drunken stupor calling Alicia was a good idea, bro. I'm proud of you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen. Yeah, I got a tour. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a wife and I got salvation, bro. Like, it was a beautiful thing. Well, look, that, that's just proof that all things work together for the good. Yeah. Hmm.
Yeah. And I, I, that's that's big A L L. All things work yeah. together for the yeah. good. No, I will say this, uh, you know, to our listeners, <clears throat> um, you know, whether you're you're trying to find your your spiritual walk, whether you're on your spiritual walk, you're firm in, be- in belief in religion and all that stuff. Be open and honest, and do not cast stones when people are coming to you and being vulnerable, because all you're doing is shutting them down, pushing them away, and then you'll have to hear God say. When I was hungry, when did you feed me? When I was naked, when did you clothe me? And then you'll say, when were you hungry and I didn't feed you? When were you naked and, you didn't, and I didn't clothe you? And then the return will be, when you didn't do these for my children, you didn't do it for me. So just keep that in mind. JT, you got any clothes on the Oh, shoot, man. Listen. Um, okay. Um, I was saying consistency is the key to the breakthrough. And, and one of the things that has really helped me is um, not bringing God down to the level of my human experience. <clears throat> what do I mean by that? Um, just because I am experiencing this does not mean that God does not care about me. It does not mean that God does not love me. It does not mean that his will for my life has changed. Um, it does not mean that he does not want me to prosper. Um, that's not what that means. Uh, God is always giving good gifts. He loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to succeed. And um, we should never think anything other than that. You know, yeah. I think I don't think the enemy the credit for, for the things that he does, right? Mm-hmm. Like we blind for a lot of things, but um, don't bring him down to the level of your human experience. Know that he loves you. Know that he cares about you and that he wants to see you win, so. Man, I really appreciate you uh, sitting with us and kind of breaking down the word of God to a real and relatable level. Um, but any um, when, any way that people can reach out to you, where to follow you at, go ahead and shout that out for us, bro. Okay, um, shoot, I just changed my IG page. Uh, <laughs> so let me look. Look and see what my name is on IG again. Um, so yeah, like uh, if people want to follow me on IG, it's underscore Big Brother number two, the T H A uh, city. So underscore Big Brother to the city on IG. Um, and yeah, Facebook Jonathan J T Moore. I'm on there as well. Uh, but yeah, man, that's about it. Man, I appreciate you showing up and showing out for a bit, dog. Trust man, y'all cool, bro. I want to come kick it again, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely got to do that, man. We appreciate Most you. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. I appreciate and, y'all having me, though. Absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Black Men Don't Do Therapy. But we do, though. But we do. <laughs> y'all exactly. take it easy. <laughs> Peace. Peace.